So I guess if this thing comes up short, he can field it and run it out. All right, here we go. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Yo, and welcome back to the Basement Olympics Podcast. With Zach being out today, I'm going to be your host, Alex Clayton. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dynasty Clayton. And I'm here with our sports betting expert, Chris Schultes, our behind-the-scenes and content guy, Pete Walski. And filling for Zach will be our good friend, Nick DeGroat, from the Dynasty Polls Podcast. What's Nick, up, guys? What's up, brother? How have you been? Good, bro. I'm chilling. I'm watching a lot of football, you know. Uh, same old, man. Another Sunday. More games. No, I definitely feel that. I mean... Dude, show look at these lines, man. Like this is gonna be an insane, uh, like insane time to make fucking parlays, man. I got smoked last weekend. Dude, last weekend the lines were super rough. But anyway, what's what's up, guys? I'm back. I was out last week. Had a uh, personal scare of uh, COVID, but we're all, we're all clear. We're all good to go. Getting back to the lines, dude. They they were rough. I know the week before that, me and you both hit some pretty wicked parlays. We were feeling good, up a couple hundo, and then last week just fucking pure getting smoked. Like we actually got torched and it was terrible. And even this week's lines, I'll get into it later, but they don't look too hot, man. It's it's kind of, it could go either way. So we'll see. Yeah, man. The, the thing about this week, though, that's really interesting is that, dude, if the Titans play on Tuesday, we're going to have like another day of dude, player pop so nice, though. Like it's going to be a nice sick. Tuesday game. You go from Monday right into Tuesday and you get the Steelers. I love watching the Steelers personally. But I'm excited, dude. Tuesday football. Yeah, dude. I really haven't been able to watch the Steelers a lot this year because, uh, honestly, they're just in like really tight games, not a lot of scoring, and I just watch red zone. So, like, yeah, it's just how they play. But anyways, let's just jump right into this, man. So I'm going to start off by talking about the college scoreboard of the week. Uh, I'm going to start off hot. Kansas State upsets Oklahoma 38-35. Led by wide receiver Deuce Vaughn with four receptions and 129 yards. And this dude is 5'5", 168 pounds. That is insane. Like I, I, like, I can't believe Oklahoma just hasn't figured out how to play defense ever. Um, I know their D coordinator, like, you know, just settling in and all that stuff. But, dude, like, come on. Like, Kansas State, they beat you last year and they beat you this year. I mean, they're pretty much your daddy after that one. Also... Spencer Rattler was supposed to be like, you know, the next Kyler Murray, the next Baker Mayfield, the next Jalen Hurts. Dude, this dude threw three picks and a game ending interception. Well, I mean, he's young still. I know he's, he's young, young. But dude, like this guy was supposed to be the Messiah. Like I, I never understood why it like is he really gonna be like just because he's part of this offense? Like he was supposed to be this Messiah, this next Kyler Murray, and honestly, like in a game against Kansas State, and you want the revenge. You beat him last year. I mean, they beat you last year, and they come back and beat you again, man. Like what's going on with that? It, it just makes no sense to me. Anyways, move on to the next game. Mississippi State beats the defending champs LSU forty-four to thirty-four. Led by KJ Costello with five touchdown passes. And then on top of that, 
three receivers go for over 100 yards. I mean, who are these guys? I didn't know Mississippi State can go out and do this. What do you think about Miles Brennan? Uh, dude, the thing is, Miles Brennan, like, everyone wants to compare him to Joe Burrow, but he's never going to be Joe Burrow. And oh, also, dude, that, yeah, that's a tough look. But, like, without Jamar Chase, too, like, what are you going to do? Like, that's your best player in, on the team. I think Terrence Marshall is pretty good, though. I'm a big fan of him, but he's definitely no Jamar Chase. And, I mean, you lose Jamar Chase, obviously, sitting out this year. And then Justin Jefferson absolutely just balled out, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later. But he had an incredible week this week, too. So they definitely lost a lot on offense. But, I mean, I would still like to see more from Miles Brennan. Yeah, no, there's definitely more to be seen. I wonder how Coach O you know, takes this loss. I mean, his team hasn't lost in legitimately over a year. So I'm sure this is just a growing point. And obviously with the new quarterback starting, they just got, you know, gel together. On to the next game. I think Texas might be back. I mean, th- they played a really sloppy game against against Texas Tech. But, dude, I mean, good teams find a way to win those games. And Sam Ellinger came out and balled out through five touchdown passes, also ran for one. And then also, I got to give some love to Dick of the Kicker. This dude kicked an actual perfect onside kick, made the comeback possible. It was insane. Uh, I'm sure Zach was watching that game sweating the entire time because they were up. <laughs> then they were down. They were up again. And they went to overtime. People were doing the horns down thing. I'm like, I'm just happy that Texas won because – I just don't want to see Zach's season just go down the drain right away, especially to Texas Tech. Bro, that horns down was that was going crazy. And I saw Zach posted a bunch about it. He put it in our group chat and stuff. It was actually really funny, but it was definitely a good game for Texas. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was sweating a big time, but you know, I, I wish he was here so we could hear him talk about it. Yeah, man, I, I'm just I'm just pumped. I like when Texas is good, man. Like they, they're just I all think everybody good. does. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just fun. And I I actually believe that they're this is the team that can actually go far. I mean, it depends how they play against Oklahoma. I mean, obviously that's the biggest game of the year. But I'm really excited about this team, and I think Sam Ellinger is making a Heisman uh push, man. Dude, that would be crazy. I, I'm all for it, man. I am. Uh, I know Zach would go absolutely nuts for that, but. Dude, I'm, I'm also curious to see how he's going to do in the NFL. I don't know if he's really an NFL quarterback or he's just like a college guy. I don't know. But yeah, but dude, like I, he kind of reminds me of Josh Allen. Like he really yeah. does. Yeah. Like he plays the same exact way, just physical, tough. Like will run you over, jump over you, run around you, but also to throw the ball a million yards. So uh, I think Josh Allen's a good comp. And honestly, look at Josh Allen right now. He's blown up. So, Dig, I know you're an Alabama fan, man. So, how'd they do this weekend? Of course, dude. Repping the hat right now, you know. Um, dude, they Alabama looked great, I thought. Um, beat Missouri. Not not a huge, you know, confident booster, but Missouri's whatever. Um, I don't know, dude. I thought Jalen Waddell really showed up. I thought he, you know, proved he was the real deal. Went eight for 134 and two touchdowns. Dude, Mac Jones threw a money ball, 50-yard bomb to Jalen Waddle and he went up I don't know if you saw it he went up over two guys and he made like a sick like diving catch and it was it was sick he stood up and literally just flexed in this guy's face (laughs) what a legend and then um I don't know dude Mac Jones laid in like a dime over two defenders too again to Waddle with like a minute 40 left in the first half and I don't know I, I was really impressed by Mac Jones and I think Bama looks pretty legit. The defense looked great, and I was really happy to see Bryce Young get in the game in the fourth quarter, and he made a really nice play uh, for like 20, 25 yards. He threw a ball to Devonta Smith on the sideline, and then he threw another ball over the middle. Looked pretty good on that too, but I was pretty bummed when he fumbled. Uh, this 
DN came on an inside stunt and just like rocked him on a third and 19 and he coughed it up. But I mean, it's whatever. He's still young and obviously he's got a lot of room to grow, but he looks good, dude. He's, he's the future, man. I'm excited for him. This is crazy because we're so used to seeing Bama just have like a Terminator running back and just look at Najee is that guy. I know. I know. that dude. I, I know. Najee's that dude, but like, Dude, like the, they have like first round talent all over the receiver board, man. Like oh, it, yeah. it's just like Smith you, and Waddle will be first round picks. Like I feel like Najee Harris is going to be used like in really big games, like against like you know top talent defensive backs. But dude, like right now, like why not? Like let's get the passing yeah. game going, like because you know Najee Harris is going to ball out no matter what. So I'd rather, yeah, yeah, I'd rather get the quarterback comfortable. Three TDs. Yeah, no, just he's savage. But, like, I, I just – it's so weird because you're just so used to them just running the ball every single play mm-hmm. and just basically winning with defense and, and an unbelievable run game. So, wow, man. This this past weekend's games were actually insane. And we actually were blessed with a Fitz Magic versus the, must, uh, the mustache man himself, Gardner Minshew, on Thursday night. And honestly, I was stunned to see Fitzmagic just light up the Jags and Minshew just, you know, flat out suck. He was he was terrible. Dude, I was I was bummed out. I was really bummed out because as you know, I'm a huge Minshew guy. Um and after Fitzmagic put up that first touchdown on I think it was the opening drive, I threw 50 on the Jags money line. <laughs> and obviously that didn't work out, but <laughs> Um, dude, I don't know. I'm, I'm bummed out because I, I'm a big Minshew truther. I thought he was going to come out and just shred the Jags. I mean, the, the Dolphins defense on Thursday night. And also, dude, I, I'm rooting against the Dolphins right now. I'm not going to lie, dude. I'm rooting against Fitz magic. I want to see Tua get out there. I don't care. I don't want him to sit. I want to see what he could do, bro. I do. And I think if they lost, um, you know, more questions would be asked and he might get a shot next week, but Fitzmagic looked pretty damn good. <laughs> Dude, Fitzmagic had like a perfect passer rating going to halftime. It was I don't think he actually threw any completion until the second half. Yeah, he, he looked insane. And my and my guy Preston Williams caught a touchdown too. So it's, it's about damn time. Dude. I know, dude. He's been it's been a little low key this year, a little underwhelming, but he was also banged up. So I mean, dude, coming off a torn ACL, yeah. like I, that, that's a major injury. Like yeah. that's why I'm like so scared for Bark. Like. Like, is Barkley going to come back and be the same player? Is uh, he going to do all the cuts? Like, I'm not ready to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, dude, let's go right in the Giants game. Oh, uh, Giants get absolutely blown out by the 39ers. And the reason why I'm saying 39ers is because the 49ers legitimately played third stringers the entire game. I don't even know what to say about the Giants at this point. Um, and I, it's so hard because, you know, they have a new head coach and you can't evaluate how he is and how the team responds to him. And then you also have a second-year quarterback, Daniel Jones, who literally doesn't have his best weapon in Barkley, just lost Shepard as well. Evan Ingram just looks like an absolute bust right now. Um, I actually like wanted to just throw the controller at the TV screen when I saw Ingram just drop that reverse pitch. It was oh in his hands. God. Yeah, that was that was all on him. It's just 100%. like it's just it's things like that that can really, you know. It really makes you think about like what is going on with both New York teams right now. We we have no talent around our quarterbacks. Our offensive lines are shaky as hell. Like we we thought we invested in it, like the offensive line sells, but like it's just not going the way we want it. Like it's tough too because a lot of a lot of the football that's going on in New York right now, a lot of the issues kind of stem, in my opinion, from the the top down. I think you know it starts with the general manager. It goes down to the head coach. 
And from there, you know, it's, it's roster construction and neither of these guys have anything to work with really, especially with injuries. The Jets receiving quarter is absolutely decimated. Saquon's out for the year. Um, Sterling Shepard's back on the IR. It's the same thing over and over again, man. And it's really sad because even watching the Jets, you know, yesterday uh, or uh, on Sunday, rather, um, Darnold made that that incredible touchdown pass, um, evaded like a bunch of tackles and stuff. Like he, I, I am a Darnold fan. I am. I'm not going to lie. And I'm a Jones believer too, obviously. I think Daniel Jones is the answer. I still do. And the fact that people are going off and, and trying to say that, you know, like it's not it, like whatever. Dude, he's played in 16 career games. And you're gonna and he's had two different head coaches and two different OCs. And people are ready to write him off, dude. A rookie quarterback has thrown for 300 yards, four touchdowns, and zero picks in a game four times in NFL history. Daniel Jones accounts for three of those. This kid is talented and he's gotta have the team and he's gotta have a chance, honestly. And I don't, I don't think he has that right now, but give him some time, man. And I think the same thing I, you were saying last week on the pod, dude, if Sam Donald goes to Pittsburgh, watch out, bro. Watch dude. Out. Oh my God. That juju tweet out today yeah. that just said like, bring my guy to Pittsburgh. Got me like, fired up. I would, I, I, I'm telling you right now, he would destroy the AFC for the rest of his career. And I, I, would, I would be so pissed. It, dude. But the thing is like with the jets is that like, well, the jets and giants, it's just tough because they're so poor at drafting mm -hmm. that their teams will never be good. It just makes no sense. And they don't have, like, a superstar on their team. I mean, the Giants have Barkley, but the Jets literally have nobody. So they're never going to get the big-time free agents and, and free agency. So you got to hit in the draft. And if you strike on the draft, man, your team sucks. That's what's nice about the Jets. So that's a big plus is that they, they got that big haul for Adams. They have the picks now. And from the looks of it, they're going to have a pretty high pick themselves. So... Hopefully they hit on these picks, dude, and, and can turn it around. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is, like, do you hit the hard reset button with Trevor Lawrence or do you give Darnold a shot and give him a contract on the cheap? Because that's the thing. Like, Darnold hasn't produced anything, so you can give him a, a very cheap, you know, contract. But, like, he's going to want that franchise quarterback contract, but it's not going to be like Russell Wilson. <laughs> it's no, not going to be not, like yeah. a Carson Wentz contract. Like, nothing like that. Um but yeah, anyways, man, football in New York just sucks right now. So let's just get the season over with and honestly just care about our fantasy teams. But moving on, the Bengals and Eagles tie. Uh, that game was just disgusting on both ends, but the only bright spot is Joe Burrow looks like an absolute oh animal. And T. Higgins outsnapped A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd and produced like crazy. Dude, I, T. Higgins is the truth, bro. He is the truth. I'm a big T. Higgins fan. I think next year A.J. Green's gone. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that he's not in their future plans, and I think T. Higgins steps right into that role and just absolutely takes off next year. But, dude, Tyler Boyd at 13 targets, um, you know, 10 catches for 125 yards. He's looking good, bro. Every week his usage is going up. Um, what really irritated me, though, was when on the last play of the game, they just ran the ball with Joe Mixon. They ran it up the gut. I was like – why would you not throw like a Hail Mary or something? Like what? I don't understand that at all. And that really bothers me. And Joe Mixon is also just bombing all of my teams. So. Oh, don't worry, man. I, I have a big thing on him later on the pod. He's 
probably the most disappointing top running back in, in the league right now. It's he always just, has been. He's every year, dude. Every and I I say every single year, this is the year. This is the year <laughs> Joe Mixon's gonna be a top five back. Wait, if, if, there, if there was any year for him to pop off, it's this year. He got and a he fresh got contract. Yeah. Like the dude just got a brand new quarterback who looks literally like legit superstar so far. Oh, I, I honestly think he's a lock for rookie of the year. Oh, I mean, that was the easiest yeah. call ever. I mean, if anyone bet on that, Schultz, if you bet on that, no. See, the thing is, like, Joe Burrow po- odds are probably, like, awful. Because, yeah. like, they're probably, like, yeah. plus 100. Like, you double your money, but, like, you're also – like, if he gets COVID or, like, he – like That's the thing. Like, yeah. if he misses games, like, that sucks. But anyways, moving on. Uh, the Pats ran on the Raiders parade. Uh, the Raiders had a chance to be legit or be, you know, called legit. But, you know – they have uh, banged up receivers right now. Hunter Renfro actually showed out. Looks like a beast right now. He always does, dude. Everyone wants to hate on Renfro. He, he produces. He gets the targets. Carr loves him. Gruden loves him. Yeah, and then uh, obviously, I mean, the Raiders kryptonite is if you stop Josh Jacobs, then you pretty much stop their entire offense. I was literally just going to say, what about your boy Josh Jacobs? <laughs> well, Josh Jacobs is a beast, but, like, I, you can't take on the entire Patriots defense. I mean, he's still ripping off, you know, yards here or there, but nothing crazy, not a great game from him but what do you expect the falcons blow another late lead how uh, calvin ridley though <sighs> honestly dude it, it sucks because i traded him in dynasty I know, yeah. but like the thing is is like i'm not that mad because like honestly i think the reason why he's blowing up so much is because julio's not first of all he wasn't playing last week mm. and then before that he's hurt so like the thing is, like, I, I know when Julio comes back, he's going to come back and, you know, with a vengeance and he's going to get his targets and demand everything. So I'm just interested to see, like, what a healthy Julio looks like. In Julio's there. the best receiver in football. Yeah. I can confidently say that still. And I don't have to think twice about it. He's a god. He's actually a god. Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills beat the Rams, man. I mean, it was a close one. And <laughs> Schultz shaking his head at me right now because we both had the Rams in that game. We thought that was, like, the lock underdog. But anyways, I'm going to let Schultz talk about this right now. Dude, well, I'll start off with, I'll tell you what, coming from a Jets fan, you know, obviously I don't like to root for the Bills. I don't like to see Josh Allen succeed, but the dude, he has pure talent. He's he's a really good player, and honestly, he's a lot of people's MVP front runner right now. He looks great. Him and, like it, yeah. Yeah, him and Russell Wilson. So, you know, the Bills, they have the 28-3 lead, dude. 28-3. Me and Al were texting, we're like, all right, we got to make a parlay for the 4 o'clock. So there's no way the Rams are going to come back. Next thing you know, it's what is it? 24 28? Yeah. 24 28 Bills. Next thing you know, boom, Rams go down the field, get another touchdown. They're up 32 28. You're like, all right, sweet. Bills are driving. Josh Allen's driving. Two minute drill, looking good. They get the fourth down. They're in the red zone. And there's some total BS pass interference call. I'm not too sure if you remember it, Al, but no, it no. was actually ridiculous. Like, I, I could not believe my eyes. And I was going through Twitter. Everyone was saying the same thing. And, of course, now is the year that you can't review pass interference calls. So, it was just a rough loss, man. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I mean, I just think Josh Allen looks like he's on another level this year. It's just, like, unlocking, like, this ability to just pass now, which is insane because he could still run and he looks like a fucking horse out there. Dude, it's cool because he gets, like – he gets everybody fired up too. Oh yeah! Like when he makes a big play, he's getting everybody fired up, and he—I I mean, he's fun to watch, dude. He really is. Um, he makes a lot of interesting choices, I think, sometimes. But 
he's fun to watch, dude. And he's he's having a good season, and so is my guy Stefan Diggs. Yeah, dude. And we talked about him before, man. Like we yeah, said that I is love that we do that that was insane how low he was ranked. And I mean showing why right now. Granted, he, his first two games were so easy, but you can't, you know, deny the talent and the production he's, you know, given us so far. And I'm sure that you're hyped because you got him on your dynasty team as well. I'm just gonna skip right through this because the Jets got blown out and I don't want to talk about them and I hate the Jets right now. And I hope they lose on Thursday so Gaze gets fired. So that's about it. <laughs> Who do you um, want as the next head coach? I, you gotta, you gotta think the enemy here. Yeah. Like, cause I mean, did you see the play calls that he made oh, ag- against the Ravens? They were insane. It literally looked like they were like, "All right, we know we're gonna win this game, so we're just gonna try like these, you know, random crazy plays." And you know, the the plays that you make in like playoffs when you're down and you, you need a play. Mm-hmm. So like, it was just fun to see that. Like they they were just toying around like disrespectfully with the Ravens. It was it was nuts. But um. Yeah, the uh, Russell Wilson just keeps cooking, beats the Cowboys. I mean, I know it's close on paper. That's because the Seahawks defense is trash. Bro, I was so salty when that uh, when DK lost that ball on the, oh. on that deep pass by Russ, dude. I was so mad, but also I was low key kind of stoked because I really like Diggs. Obviously, he's a Bama guy, but he's making plays, dude. And uh, I don't know that DK touchdown would have helped me out a lot, but whatever, man. DK got a little too cocky. Dude, he's, a, he's looking no, like a monster. He's a monster. Yeah. And, dude, I did offer you. I just, it's just like, yo, I'll give you a first-round yeah. pick for DK right now. And you're just like, no. I was like, all right, yeah, I get it. On. Like, no fighting that. Like, I understand. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, surprisingly, uh, Kyler Murray struggled against the Lions, man. Three picks, and the Lions beat them. Uh, I mean, Stafford keeps dude, that was every a trap game. game. That it was, was a, a trap game. game, yeah. And, uh, yo, Kenny Kenny Galladay just comes back and just immediately is a factor. Just scored a touchdown, he's like, so six good. receptions. He's, he's disgusting. He's so good. Like, Stafford loves the big guys, too. Oh, dude, yeah. Yo, and low-key, Hawk is a top-10 tight end right now. He's, dude, he's consistent, <laughs> He's yeah. very consistent. Yeah, he, is. he hasn't, like, gone, like, the big game yet. That's but, the thing. Like, Kenny G's return had no impact on him. Like, he's none. just consistent, yeah. And, like, dude, from, like, a second-year tight end, I love this. I'd rather see consistency than, it's like – improvement, a, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the, considering last year and that terrible injury he got, I'm pumped for him. Uh, going to the Sunday night game, Rodgers stayed hot, beat the Saints. I mean – Revenge tour. Yeah, I mean, the Saints The Saints just look bad, man. And Drew Brees looks really bad. Uh, I'm kind of stunned, and it's like sad to see such a great quarterback, like you know, not play well like at all. And you could see the end of his career coming. But dude, they need Mike T. They need oh, Mike T. So yeah. bad. Breeze isn't pushing the ball down the field, dude. He's just he's looking for those those slants over the middle and and those dump offs to Kamara, and that's all he does, dude. That's it. And I, he's just I don't I hate to say it, but I think he's yeah, it's time. It sucks, but like also, like, what are their plans? Are you going to start Winston after this year? Like, Dude, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like so, because they're not going to be, I don't think they'll be bad enough to get like a top five pick. But imagine they are, or imagine they just, uh, imagine they trade up and get Trevor Lawrence. This is also the team that said that they were planning on starting Taysom Hill after Drew Brees. So who knows, bro? Like, who Taysom Hill had like the biggest mistake in the game? He fumbled know, that, yeah. that snap or whatever it was, and uh, that pretty much lost in the game. It was insane. And then lastly, we just talked about it a little bit, but the Chiefs just absolutely like little boy the Ravens, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> wasn't competitive. Lamar looked terrible. Like this he did, dude, dude, he couldn't get anything going in the air like, no. at all, dude. He had Hollywood Brown open twice over the top. Yes, I saw. Twice. I saw that. Yeah, and and I'm just sitting there like 
literally screaming in a pillow because I started Hollywood Brown in like two leagues, and I'm just like, I just need these points right now. I was in a like a very close game, ended up losing because of that. Yeah, it, it's just weird because you saw the Ravens go down the field like a Lamar was cooking. They had like a 35 yard run on the first drive. I was like, oh my god, he's going to be a monster tonight. Yeah. But then they just came back out of the next like three drives. Lamar didn't run the ball once. And you know what, man? I'm about to say this. I'm so fed up with the Ravens not using J.K. I Dobbins. I was just going to say, dude, I'm it's waiting an... for them to unleash him. Dude, it makes no yeah. sense. It literally makes no Same sense. Same thing with the Lions and Swift, though. You know, they draft these guys early second round to what? Sit the bench? I mean, well, why? I mean, why Dobbins is playing, but he's not getting used. Like, why are you maybe? feeding AP 22 yeah. carries? Yeah, that makes ridiculous. no Bro, sense. Swift played five snaps. <laughs> Five snaps. <laughs> I'm so happy I didn't draft him it's in a crazy, rookie draft. Yeah. <laughs> but like the thing is, is like, like Gus Edwards looked actually pretty good. So I mean, he like, always does. Dude. That's but, the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. But like the thing is, like, dude, just like get rid of Mark Ingram. Like you don't need him. Like trade him to the Niners. Like I know he's like a veteran leadership, like veteran veteran leader on the team. But like I, I can't stand it. Like Dobbins is like actually the most explosive back on your team. Uh, he led the team in receiving. And targets and receptions, like it, like it's insane. Like this dude comes in, he gets like ten snaps a game, and always produces, and then they just take him out. It, it makes no sense, and he hasn't even made like a mistake. Like he's done yeah, everything. He, he's he's well. Lit- he's literally scored two touchdowns <laughs> in the first week, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I don't understand at all. All right, so now we're going to jump into our sell high, buy low segment. Uh, this is honestly one of my favorite segments because, like, it changes every single week because players pop off or, or players suck. So uh, I guess I'll start off. <laughs> my first guy I want to talk about is Joe Mixon, and we talked about it a little bit before, and this dude might be the most frustrating player to have. And I know everybody out there, especially in redrafts, you invested, like, a first or second round pick on him, and you're sitting there saying, like, what am I doing? Like, what, when is this guy finally going to explode? He has so much talent. The Bengals are a talented team. Their offense is the best part of their team. Their defense is trash. But Zach Taylor refuses to use Joe Mixon the way he's supposed to be used. But also, the thing I noticed the most after watching him at the three games, he might be the weakest runner I've ever seen. He just runs scared. Like he try, Or if he's not running scared, he just tries to do too much. Like, he's just like, is very hesitant at the line, trying to be like a Le'Veon Bell type of guy. But dude, like the Bengals offensive line does isn't that's not it. Like they they are not made for that. Like you, you see with the Jets and Le'Veon Bell, he's terrible because the Jets line's bad. But with the Steelers line, he was a beast. Oh, the Steelers line back in the day was was incredible for years, and that system was just so perfect for Bell. I I don't think he could have. I take it back. He's pretty talented, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's like you said, he's not doing that on the Jets, you know? Yeah. But anyways, more on to Mixon. Like, he's the PPR running back 39. Uh, that's not what you want to see in a guy invest in so much. Actually, Josh Kelly, the backup running back to the Chargers, has more rushing yards and touchdowns than Joe Mixon right now. But the, in reality, it looks like Zach Taylor is just making it the Joe Burrow show. And I understand that you want to make Joe Burrow, you know, you want to show him off like he is obviously the best player on your team, right, as he steps in the locker room, and I get that. But, dude, Joe Mixon is a top-five talent running back, and, and like, he, they are not using him with like up to the deal they just made with him. They just signed to a four-year deal. It makes no sense. And I know people are going to go out there and say, oh, like, look at last year. He started off slow, and, like, second half of the season, like, he was a beast. 
dude, the second half of the season, the Bengals were so bad, so, so bad, that they just literally were running the ball every play. It looked like they were tanking. Like, they, yeah. they were just not even competitive in games. So, obviously, when you're down by, like, four touchdowns, you're just, you know, trying to give your best player at the time was Joe Mixon the ball every play. It, it just makes no sense. Uh, and also, I'm so frustrated seeing Gio Bernard get, like, like all the passing downs on third down. Like, it's just, ridiculous. Like, it makes no sense. It's ridiculous. But um, I actually just traded Joe Mixon. Uh, I traded Joe Mixon, Hollywood, and uh, Darius Slayton for Odell, uh, Johnu Smith, and J.K. Dobbins in a redraft league. I, see, like, the reason why I did this is because at my team, Cortland Sutton, you know, is out for the year, drafted him in the third round, obviously drafted Mixon in the second round, but I have Josh Jacobs. So I have an RB1, but now – I get OBJ, who I think is going to be a wide receiver two for the rest of the year. And then I also get the tight end two and Jonu Smith. Like, and I think Jonu is going to be like that all year. He's going to finish top five. I think it's also helping him a lot right now that AJ Brown's out. I, I agree. But if you look at the first game where AJ Brown played, he, that was his best game. Mm. So like, I, I just, I know it's, it probably was a matchup thing. That's why he popped off. But like, I don't know. I'm not going to deny Johnny Smith's talent. I mean, I literally had the choice of Zach Ertz or Johnny Smith, and I even with Goddard out, I was just like, "Give me Johnny." Like, just I the trust. West looks terrible, bro. Wentz yeah. looks so bad. Yeah, and Tannehill looks like a monster. Yeah, I, I can't believe they're winning these games. They're just coming back. Even Corey Davis is popping off. Yeah, yeah. like I, who is this guy? Like, I, I, I guess it's just the Gase effect. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. But anyways, that's what I got. Mixing. Uh, give me your first guy, Nick. Um. All right. So. I guess just the way that I kind of went about this, uh, the buys and, and sells, um, I kind of just picked guys that are that I felt neutral about in, in terms of dynasty and redraft. So they would be both buys for dynasty and redraft and sells for dynasty and redraft. Um, and again, you know, before I go through this, I kind of take like an analytical approach when looking at players and valuing them. So just two quick things, uh, just so everybody doesn't have to listen to me ramble and not really know what I'm talking about. Um, college dominator is the percentage of a wide receiver's total team receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And breakout age is when a player hits a 20% or more dominator rating. So my first buy is DJ Moore. Um, as a prospect, six foot, 210, super athletic, absolutely dominated at Maryland, 53.3% college dominator rating, which is 97th percentile. He broke out at 18 and was dra drafted in the late first round. So right off the bat, he produced a lot at college and early. So we're going to jump over his rookie season 2018. Uh, he obviously produced and he pr produced at a level high enough to indicate that he was going to make a jump in year two. And we saw that last year. So last year he went 87, 1,175 yards and four touchdowns in 14 games last year he was 10th in targets and receptions eighth in yards sixth in contested catch rate now a list of receivers drafted in the first round weighing 200 plus pounds that have put up 1100 yards and at least eight yards per target to factor in efficiency um, in their second year amari cooper mike evans deandre hopkins aj green julio jones Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Andre Johnson, David Boston, Torrey Holt, Randy Moss. Holy shit. Endless. <laughs> That's so, insane. DJ Moore is in phenomenal company. Um, he's a stud. 
if you don't believe in Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater in 2019, second in accuracy rating, fourth in true completion percentage, second in play action completion percentage, fourth in deep ball completion percentage. So far in 2019, with Joe Brady as the new OC, he is seventh in passing yards, sixth in yards per attempt, third in true completion percentage, and third in catchable pass rate. So I feel like Teddy's going a little bit under the radar this year. He's putting up numbers. He's playing well. DJ Moore blew up in week two. He put up uh, eight catches on 13 targets for 120 yards, and then he bottomed out in week three. But, I mean, by the dip, dude, like the, like the writing's on the wall. He's going to blow up, whether it's this year, next year. If Teddy flops, they're going to draft a quarterback, preferably Fields, in my opinion. But, dude, he's he's cheap right now. He's coming off a low week. Um, and, again, you know, he, he's young. As a prospect, he bulletproof. Um, you should be investing in him in Dynasty, and you should be buying him in Redraft because I think this year he's going to have a great year, and he's obviously going to have a phenomenal career. And then also, I mean, like, I know he didn't have, like, the greatest, you know, week one or week three, but, dude, you got to love seeing the amount of targets he's getting. I mean, he's getting 26 targets in three games, almost averaging, you know, close to 10 targets a game. Obviously, they want him involved. And then also, like, you like... Caffrey's down. They have to throw the ball. They have have to. And then also, like, you got to love seeing, the you know, Robbie Anderson's popping off right now, but that's not going to happen every game. Like, I know Robbie Anderson's an intriguing waiver wire guy, and, like, I tell you right now, watch him on the Jets. Like he has those games, but that's because they're scheming on DJ Moore. That that's mm-hmm. all. That, that's obviously what they're doing. So yeah, you just gotta trust the talent here. Obviously, Nick just gave you a boatload of stats that obviously favor DJ Moore. Got him, buy him. Like honestly, I I wish I had him on my team. After after that, Schultz has him in our redraft league. Yeah, Schultz, don't sell him if you could hear me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, I think he's he's gonna finish off the season very strong. And I think I think Teddy is going very very under the radar right now. He's he's flying low key, but dude, I mean he everything's gonna go his way soon. Yeah, dude, another low key receiver that I'm about to talk about uh, is actually Odell Beckham Jr. And I feel like Odell yeah, you just got him. Talk, yeah, here? no, I just what's got him. Bro? So uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I mean, obviously Odell is one of the most electric wide receivers in the game. Uh, could literally win you a game single handedly. Um, but anyways, for Odell, I'm specifically buying him in redrafts, but selling him in Dynasty, and here's why. Here's why I'm buying him in redrafts. He's going to put up wide receiver two numbers. I, he's not a wide receiver one anymore, and that's like really sad to say, honestly. It is, um, bro, because the, he's so talented. Like Even <laughs> still, I, I truly think he's very talented. I, I, I think it's Baker, dude. It's not Baker entirely, but I think that Stefanski is a really, really good coach. And I think he realizes, dude, I have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. i got to use these guys. It's going to open up the passing game. What's the excuse for last year then, though? I mean, I he mean, still had 1,000 yards, but... I know, but last year they had a different head coach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, if you think it's Stefanski this year just wanting to run the ball, then why was he inefficient last year too i mean he wasn't really inefficient he finishes a wide receiver too yeah and and he was well yeah i guess that's what you, you said yeah He's so like two like, years, like yeah. if you think that odell is gonna be a wide receiver one of the browns with you know i know he has baker mayfield but he also has all that talent austin hooper jarvis landry hunt chubb like you're crazy you're like you're not gonna get wide receiver number wide receiver one numbers out of him and that's just hard man like there's too much to go around there but 
I just think that Stefanski's offense is just getting started right now. I think that he's finally figured it out, and I think the one-two punch of Hunt and Chubb is going to be, you know, open things up a lot. Um, also, you just got to look at, like, what Stefan Diggs' numbers were last year. And, like, Stefan Diggs was a wide receiver, too, last year, and he's literally the same exact deep threat as Odell. He's the guy that, you know, over the top. And, like I said in the last, uh, I think, not the last part, the part before, Dude, Stephon Diggs like lead, led the NFL last year in like air yards thrown uh thrown to him and like longest catches of the in the NFL. Like the the big plays are not happening for Odell right now, but they're coming. And I think actually this is the game against the Cowboys who just got destroyed. Oh, their secondary Des- got torched, yeah. Destroyed by DK Metcalf and Lockett. And I think that Odell is just about to go off. It, this is the game, and this is why I'm telling you buy him right now. Um but the thing is, you got to be patient with Odell because he's not going like, to, like I just said, he's not going to give you, you know, DeAndre Hopkins numbers where he's getting 13 targets a game, 100 yards, like no matter what. He's going to, you know, he's a wide receiver too. He's going to have a good game, have a decent game, have a bad game and in no particular order. But he's a guy that you can live with because you know how talented he is. But and for dynasty purposes, I'm absolutely selling him because I feel like with his name and what he's done in the past, People still like view him as a wide receiver one, and I feel like that's where like a guy that you can absolutely get some steals for. I think this draft class is absolutely loaded, definitely. And you could just actually just you know snag like a first round pick and more for Odell. Like oh, yeah. there's people that still believe that he has all his talent, and I'm telling you, he's not gonna gonna do it. He's gonna be wide receiver two, I promise you. But if I had to make like a one for one trade right now, and I'm not, like no lying dynasty. I would trade Odell for DK Metcalf straight I was, up. Dude, I knew you were going to say I, that. But, like, what would you say? Like, I, as a DK oh, Metcalf, I, I, would, I, would, I would take DK. You would yeah. take DK, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, like, dude, but people that love Odell and think that he's like still, like, this wide receiver one god and he's still going to produce in the Browns because everyone's so talented there. Like, that's a trade that could happen, though. In real life or in Dynasty? No, in so, Dynasty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I feel like the thing is with Odell, I think – Exactly what you said. I, I feel like so many people, you know, you have people who are just so high on him still and are just so stuck in the past, you know, and then you have people like yourself who view him as a receiver too. And I mean, his ADP this year showed it. He was, you know, a third round pick, fourth round pick, but that's the, that's what I'm saying. The the variety, it's so different and you, you can, you can easily get a first and more for him. I think depending on who you're talking to, you know? Yeah, dude, just hit up like one of your old like Giants fans buddies that like is in your dynasty league and just be like, hey, you got DK Metcalf, man. I'll take dude, him. Dude, that's <laughs> the thing too. Like DK for me anyway, he's in the perfect situation and he's young and he's already outproducing Odell. And dude, he's he's fourth in air, air yards right now, fourth in deep targets. He's second in completed air yards, third in receiving yards. Dude, he's balling out fourth in touchdowns dude he is balling out and i mean a lot of it is because of russ obviously because russ is just lighting it up he's an mvp front runner with josh allen and mahomes obviously after this past week is right up there too but dude we're we're very spoiled with dk metcalf and and the seattle seahawks dude but screw that man i give dk metcalf all the credit in the world he was getting like the worst draft comps ever coming out like everybody's like oh don't draft him all he can do is run deep Dude, no, he's a monster everywhere. And that's that's exactly, but that that's the point. That's exactly why Seattle drafted him to run deep routes, and he's done that this year. And and even his rookie season, dude, he's he's so good at that. 
And that's the difference. Seahawks drafted him to use his strengths and to play him in that role. And he's excelled. He's done everything they've asked him to do and more. And that's why he's putting up the numbers, you know? And that's exactly why I'm taking him on the Seahawks over Odell on the Browns. I mean, you just said it perfectly. Anyways, do you have anyone else? Yeah, so for my second buy, again, I, I kind of split this up two and two, two buys, two sells. Um, so this guy, LaVisca Chenault, I know it's a guy Zach loves. He's been trying to get lately, I I hear, from a little birdie. But uh, yeah, man, um, 6'1", 227, age 19 breakout. So he broke out early, dominated his, his team early, 35.1% college dominator rating, both in the upper 60 percentiles. Um, he was an early round two pick. When you put all these things together, I didn't mention this with DJ Moore. When you have a guy that has dominated his team's receiving yards and touchdowns at an early age and goes in the draft early, those guys hit at a significantly higher rate than people who fall outside of those thresholds. Also, his most comparable player on player profiler is AJ Brown. So he's obviously a stud just based off metrics. Um, so here's where here's where it gets interesting. If we look at receivers to be drafted from 2003 to 2017 that hit all of these thresholds that I'm about to say, day one or two draft capital, breakout age of 18 or 19, a BMI over 27 and a 21 year old season as a rookie 61% of them have had at least one receiver one season LaVisca Chenault hits all of those thresholds the Jags drafted him like I said in the second round pretty early too the Jags GM came out and said we would have we would have had no issues selecting him in the first round and heading into the 2019 season they had him ranked as the top receiver in this class he is a absolute stud and needs to be acquired in dynasty and redraft he's going to blow up Minshew is the real deal whether people want to admit it or not um and i mean he he produces with shark with shark on the field without him on the field he's versatile they're giving him they're giving him touches out of the backfield they're throwing him slants he's catching touchdowns he's he's a stud and I feel like people are just underappreciating him right now. He's you could probably get him off waivers, honestly, but I would be trying to trade for him. Um, I think he's going to produce the rest of the season and the rest of his career, honestly. Yeah. No, I I, I didn't know that Zach was trying to get him. I mean, that's I, what I hear. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Word on the street. <laughs> I mean, good for him. I mean, I, he, I can't get him. He acquired him in uh, in redraft actually, so I know he's pretty pumped about that. Yeah. I don't think Chenault's going to like. I think he's going to have a couple blow up games. And I think uh, when Char comes back, it's obviously going to be a lot easier. He can't be like the main guy. Dude, when you saw that Thursday night game, like he was literally covered everywhere. They knew he was getting the yeah. ball the entire game. Yeah, but it's also like it's him or Keelan Cole at that point when, when Char's out, you know. So it's kind of like, okay, let's cover this 6'1", 227 guy who literally th – this is also why I like him too. Like I said, he's very versatile. So coming out as a prospect – you saw what he did at Colorado, and that's exactly how they're using him now. But the fact that he has that skill set, similar to a guy that I know you love, Debo, who the Niners use exactly, exactly like that. Um, these guys that are that have this skill set, they get on the field so much easier than people who are more one-dimensional. And you know, guys like Debo, Chenault, they're going to have these awesome rookie seasons be just because they get on the field quick and. You know, it's all about opportunity. It's all about volume, and these guys got it. They do. 
that's what the thing, man. Like yak monsters, and what I he mean by yak monster. What yeah, I mean exactly. by yak monster is yak means yards after catch. So these guys that are yak monsters can li- literally get on the field by running the ball, catching the ball, and then when they get the ball in their hands, they get you like 15, 16 yards. And that's, like that's the thing, dude. These guys could take a slant to the house at any given moment, and it's it's awesome. And and I love like physical receivers. Like they're yes. my favorite yes. receiver. Like I don't. Like that's the reason why, like you know, Odell gets some hate, man. Because like, he, if he gets hit, like he's pretty much on the ground, like yeah. immediately. But like, dude, watching Debo last year, like I was going nuts, dude. De- well, I, oh my god, one of my favorite games from Debo was actually in the Super Bowl. Dude, he would have won yeah. Super Super Bowl MVP uh, if they won the game. He was literally the only person that was doing anything for the 49ers. He looked really good, dude. I it, it sucks that he's been hurt, dude. Because I was really looking forward to him taking a step in year two especially just getting more familiar with the offense and Shanahan just scheming him up a little bit more. But dude, I, I think when he comes back, he's going to look nice. And I mean, I think Ayuk will take a little bit of a back roll and Debo's going to kind of take away some touches from him because I, I do think that Ayuk does a lot of the same things that Debo does, but I don't, I don't think Ayuk's as good as Debo. No, 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 no. And also the news on Debo, he practiced today. Yeah, he practiced. And yeah. they said all he's trying to do is get in game shape, so he might come out and play this weekend. That would be amazing. I think they were trying to like hold him out until next week. But is if he, he plays, I-, I have no idea. I got to check yeah. on that. But either way, man, like if Debo's in the game, he's going to get his. So oh, like I'm not really so. worried about it. And Mullins is not like terrible. Like he's decent. He he, he had a good game Service against the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Jimmy G was out that year and he stepped up, he, he looked pretty good. Uh, I think that was when Kittle started blowing up, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, Shanahan's just a genius. Like, yeah. th- that's what it all really is. Like, I wish that the Jets had Kyle Shanahan. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's the, one of the best coaches in football right now, if not the best. The fact that the Falcons went to the Super Bowl with Shanahan and then just let him walk after that year and then get Dan Quinn, it just will always blow my mind. Like, he's literally the reason why the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. He's just a genius. Very unfortunate, dude. He's, and Freeman balled out that year too. Shocker, but dude. <laughs> yeah, but look at Raheem Mostert, Te- Tevin well, Coleman. Like they're all you blowing up. Like any running back, and <laughs> you know. Yeah, but anyways, moving on to my next guy, who's another yak monster. Um, it's a pretty obvious name, but please go out and buy Terry McLaurin. Yes, like, dude, like, yes. dude, like it's just Have crazy. Table for Terry. Yeah, because yeah. it's crazy. Because like he's not giving you like crazy stats right now, but like if you really look at his stats. They are crazy. He's he's currently the seventh in the NFL in receiving yards. He leads the NFL in yak, averaging eleven two point two yards per catch or after catch. I mean, and then also leads the NFL in forced missed tackles. He's doing this all with one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I I know that they're down in games, and like you're gonna be oh like all that all that's garbage points, all that's garbage yards. Dude, no, man. Like he, they're force feeding the ball because the Redskins have nobody, nobody. Yeah. And so, like, if he's seventh in in the NFL in yards, he's this yak machine, and he hasn't scored any touchdowns yet. Dude, buy him right now. Like, it's send anything for him because he's gonna he's gonna have positive regression in touchdowns. It's coming, dude. And it's also, um, are you saying he's a buy in uh, buying in everything, draft? everything, buying all around? All right, that's great. Um, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I. Uh, I'm 100% on board. And I mean, dude, if, um, you know, if Haskins continues to flop, dude, you have to wonder like Ron Rivera didn't draft this guy. He said he, I think he came out today and said that there's, you know, there's a certain point that we're going to 
you know, there's a cutoff point where how much are you going to take from this guy? You know, he's taking selfies with the crowd and stuff like, dude, I know that was last year, but regardless, like you can't have that out of a guy that you're handing the keys to, to your franchise. I would like to see them put Alex Smith in, to be honest with you. Give him a couple. If Alex Smith went to the game, I would be fired up. Not only for like his incredible, insane comeback, but obviously Terry McLaurin would just be so much better. I mean, like, look what Alex Smith did the Chiefs. He brought him to the playoffs every single year. I know, I know, he's that, that quarterback that could bring you to the Super Bowl and win it. Mm-hmm. But he's he's doable. I mean, he's an upgrade, yeah. Oh, he's doable. But then that's what I'm saying too. You wonder like how how much is Ron Rivera going to give Dwayne Haskins until he he says you know enough's enough, and maybe he goes out and drafts a guy this year if they finish top ten. You know who knows? I, um, and it's it just be. It, and that's a huge boost because these guys are studs in this class. These these quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's also just crazy because. He's literally on the cusp of a wide receiver one spot right now in PPR leagues. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. And, receiver one. Yeah, I know. But like the thing is, is like, and he's on like legitimately one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. Like it's it, it's just nuts. But honestly, though, like like I'd rather be a Washington football team fan than a Giants fan right now. That that division just full I'm of pretty crap. Sure, teams. they're on top of the division actually. So. <laughs> Are you serious? Are they over the Cowboys? Uh, let me look. I think they are, dude. It's because they beat the Eagles, right? Because they have a division win? They're both one and two. I know, but the, the Redskins have a... Uh, yeah, Redskins are on top. Yeah, the, the Skins... Oh, no, <laughs> the, 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 Washington yeah, the Washington football team, football team is, is in first place in the NFC East, and they have Dwayne Haskins. Now who's in last? My dogs, the Giants. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, that, that's my that's my last buy. Um, buy, sell the segment. But, anyways, Nick, do you have any more guys? I have two guys real quick. Uh, these are these are going to be my sales for both Dynasty and Redraft. I'm a little curious to hear what you have to say about this first guy. Um, it's somebody you mentioned earlier. I'm going to gas him up a bit first, though, before I break it down. Um, Josh Kelly. So he, he was actually a monster in college for two his only two seasons at UCLA. He went for over 1,000 yards both the years and had 12 touchdowns, actually, in both years, which is kind of weird, but... Um, he's a solid athlete, ran a 4.49 at 5.11, 2.12, early fourth round pick. Chargers are actually second in team run plays per game this year. So they run the ball at the second highest pace in the NFL. Kelly ranks 13th in red zone touches, eighth in breakaway runs. And he's had 12, 23, and eight carries each game. So he's getting the looks. Um, this is where I kind of have the issue with Kelly. And I own him in Dynasty. Um, and I actually just sold him the short last week in redrafts. So last year, Eckler was 132 for 557 and three touchdowns on the ground, but he had 92 catches, 993 yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. Last year, Derrick Henry also had 303 attempts, 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns on the ground, and 18 catches for 206 yards and two touchdowns in the air. One of these running backs was running back four, and the other was running back five. Running back four was Austin Eckler. Clearly, we see there is way more importance in receptions than carries. And, I, you know, the Chargers just gave Eckler a four-year extension. I don't see Kelly getting these catches. I don't. And Eckler's going to keep taking away that receiving game. So while it's nice that Kelly's getting the carries, I don't see the long-term value there just because he's non-existent in the receiving game. Um, so for that reason, he's a big sell for me. He's getting a lot of hype because he's a rookie and he's getting volume. But I, I would sell him right now, and I did. So 
that's cool. Um, the next guy, real quick, is Lev Bell. Um, I'm selling him in all formats. Absolutely selling him. Um, he's supposed to return in week five. They said today, actually. Um, rumor has it Gase is expected to get fired if the Jets get blown out on Thursday by Denver, who is literally starting myself at quarterback. Um, if Gase gets fired, I think people are going to be pretty optimistic about Bell and just Jets players in general. So I would take advantage of that and sell him because, I mean, plain and simple, the Jets don't have a good roster as we talked about before, and he's coming off an injury. So I, I would not trust him, um, and I would sell him for you know whatever you can get. Yeah, no, I definitely agree on both of those. Uh, Josh Kelly's interesting because he actually had more carries than I think anyone in the NFL besides uh, Zeke, mm -hmm. I think, going to week three. So I was buying on hype with them in redraft. Like uh, I'm in a redraft with a, a fab limit, and I th I threw like thirty three dollars at him, Damn. and that out of a hundred dollar budget because I thought he was going to be like a monster for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely see the talent in Josh Kelly. It's just that what you saw last game, which was really eye opening, is that when they're down in games, it's just Eckler time. Yeah. So like it's and Eckler got his. Oh yeah, actually <laughs> got his. Yeah. Man. No, he he balled out. But like the thing is, is like. If you see that and that that kind of transition, um, he's not a guy that you want to like overpay for. He's a guy that if you get him cheap, definitely get him and stash him. Actually, so crazy. Like in the middle of the summer, do you remember that we both put a waiver claim in for Josh Kelly the same <laughs> exact night? Like this guy was in the waivers for like weeks and like nobody picked him up. But this same exact night, since Nick was above me in the waiver wire, he got him. Of course. And, and I was just like, dude, how did you know I was going to pick up Josh Kelly? Like that's insane. But uh, yeah, man, like uh, that's just crazy. Um, I mean, on the bright side too, though. I mean, Herbert looks great, dude. Oh uh, yeah, Herbert I, looks great. I'm a big fan. That like, offense is definitely ascending, and even Keenan Allen obviously saw the reap the benefits of of Justin Herbert. So yeah, and uh, this is just another season. Is if you have Mike Williams and we're expecting a breakout, you're just a clown. <laughs> An absolute clown because Mike Williams is so trash. Like it, it's so sad because you always want. He's one of those guys. He's like Mixon, dude. He's got yeah, all the talent yeah. in the world, and he just flat out sucks. Yeah, and gets hurt or just something crazy happens to him to just like absolutely ruin their entire uh, year. But, anyways, that wraps up our buy sell segment. Uh, we're just gonna run into the waiver wire ads real quick. Uh, I'll just fire mine off real quick. So my top guys, I'm picking up Scotty Miller uh, with Godwin out. I just think Tom Brady and a slot guy just immediately creates magic. Just the easiest combination in the world. Um, Carlos Hyde with uh, Car Chris Carson potentially out. Uh, I know Chris Carson might play. I think he practiced today, which is kind of crazy because he took that nasty alligator role, which is absolute cheap shot, by the way. Um, he would be the RB1 in a high-powered offense. you got to love what Russell Wilson's doing. We obviously just spoke a lot on it before. And then my last guy, Cole Beasley. And this is Ooh. this is a, this is a sneaky one, and I always give you a sneaky one. Oh, God. I, I, in our deleted pod that didn't record, I went out and said, you guys should go pick up Quintus Cephas um, and start him because Galladay wasn't playing. Uh, he ended up getting, what, you like eight and a half points, so, right? The, the week you started Quintez Cephas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, anyways. Yeah, so you got eight and a half points. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to, you know, this is like a sneaky guy that you throw on the end of your bench. Like, I'm not giving you a guy that's going to go out there and get you 25 points. But the thing that is really interesting about Cole Beasley 
is that he hasn't seen less than six targets in any game. He's at least got six. So, obviously, he's not a flashy guy or anything like that, but I feel like Cole Beasley is going to be the guy that's going to benefit the most when, you know, the Bills play really good teams and everyone locks in on digs. Uh, he's like, you know, he's kind of like the Julian Edelman type player. John Brown's out too. Yeah, and John Brown is out. So that's another reason why I'm saying go out there and get Cole Beasley. Yeah, no, he's just a sneaky guy. Like he's a guy that can get you like in a pinch, like 11 points, and you'd be pumped. But anyways, do you have any uh, waiver wire ads? Yeah, so I actually I went with another Bucks receiver who I picked up in Dynasty. I have Tyler Johnson. So he is a mega producer in college. He balled out at Minnesota, has very ideal size. You know, 90th percentile breakout age, 98th percentile college dominator. We love to see that. And I mean, Scotty Miller's hurt, dude. He's he's nursing right now a hip and a groin injury. He didn't practice today. Um, so I, you know, Godwin's obviously out, like you said. There's there's a big hole there for a receiver too. And and Bruce Arian, you know this. Bruce Arians loves Tyler Johnson. He he quote. I was, I was just shaking. I actually sat here and watched the Outback Bowl in Tampa with my son, and it was, I got to get this guy. We, we really wanted him. We had a high grade. He finished up by saying I was just really excited, which is obviously dope. But, um, yeah, dude, I'm taking a flyer on Tyler Johnson in redraft and dynasty because why not? And then my last guy for waiver wire, my dog, Hunter Renfro, the boy. Dude, Ruggs didn't play last week. Edwards missed most of the second half. He had nine targets, six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Edwards also was in a walking boot today. Yeah, Edwards is also banged up. He's probably not going to play this week, in my opinion. And yeah, dude, he sneaky had a very good rookie season. And if you actually watch the games, if you watch him in college, if you watch him last year, he makes these like insane plays, dude. Like he is a baller, like sneaky. He is. He's just like this random, like little dude on the field that just runs around, makes diving catches, and He's he's fun to watch, man. He really is, and I think people need to just wake up and stop hating on him. And I mean, he's Carr loves him, Gruden loves him. Like this, he's got a shot, dude. I I think he does, and it's dude, funny that touchdown catch he had, or not touchdown, but down the one yard line. That catch yeah. he had to bring in there was insane. That's was what I'm epic. saying, dude. He just makes those plays, and it's just not talked about. But whatever, do that. Pick him up on the waivers. Why not? All right, so now we're going to jump in the Schultz betting segment. Uh, the Yankees just actually got a grand slam from Gio Shella, so we had to wait a sec. But uh, here's Schultz. What's going on, guys? Uh, great pod tonight. Uh, DeGroy did a great job filling in for uh, Zaka. I think you guys had uh, great content. So let's move on here. I'm going to get into uh, my picks of the week. Um, I have three and then, and then one I really, really like. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. So... There's a decent lineup of games this week. I'm most excited for the Chiefs-Pats. I think it's going to be a lot closer game than everyone expects. I think Bill might find a way to kind of put a halt to that offense of theirs, but we'll see. And I just want to also apologize for anyone who's going to be watching the Jets-Broncos game tomorrow. Oh, my God, dude. It's going to be fucking miserable. And I, I, I can wait for it. I do not want to watch, but we'll see. So right into the picks. Uh Let's go with Bengals, Jags. This is a, it could be a trap game. A lot of people are looking at this, you know, it could really go either way. Some people are expecting Minshew to to have a a game where, you know, he kind of turns it around after last Thursday against the Dolphins, but I'm going to go Bengals minus three here. 
This is the game for future rookie of the year in Joe Burrow. Uh, I think this is gonna. I think he's gonna get his first dub. I really do. He's been phenomenal, um, even in his two losses and one tie. The one game should have been a win. Uh, it was a close game against the Browns, but uh, they also could have pulled it away last week. So you know, he easily could be three and zero right now. Um, I think, like I said, a lot of people look at this as a trap game, but sticking with the guy here, I'm gonna go uh, Cincinnati minus three against the Jaguars. Next one, Cardinals Panthers. Kyler's coming off a bad week. He threw uh, three picks last week, didn't show up too well in fantasy. Uh, it's not the Kyler Murray that we all know here, and I think he'll come back. I can see him throwing for three passing touchdowns, have another rushing touchdown, maybe maybe two. On the other hand, we have the, the Panthers, who could not score in the red zone last weekend. Joey Sly, the Panthers kicker, had five field goals last week. And the dude probably saved some asses if they, anyone started him in fantasy. He had 15 fantasy points. But uh, this is the Panthers' second game without McCaff. I think they figure it out offensively. So I think this is going to be an actual shootout. The over is set at 51 right now. So I'm saying take the over 51 points. Next up, Seahawks-Dolphins. Uh, just Russell Wilson, man, he's outstanding his first three games. He just set the record. For most passing TDs in a three-game span, he has 14. 14. He broke future Hall of Famer Pat Mahomes' record. I think he was at 12. But either way, that offense just looks absolutely locked in. And I know a lot of people are rooting for a Fitzmagic downfall. I think this could be the week. You know, we get one step closer to seeing Tua take his first NFL snap. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks, minus 6.5 over the Dolphins. I think they easily cover I can see him winning by 14 to 17 points. Last up, Eagles and 49ers, or as Al would like to say, the uh, current 39ers. So first of all, I want to kind of get into this a little bit. I just want to like, what the fuck is going on in Philadelphia right now? Last game, you line up to take a to kick a 59-yard game-winning field goal with Jake Elliott, who does have a solid leg. Good kicker. Doug Peterson was obviously confident in sending him up there to make that attempt and hopes to bring home that win. And the one thing your coach not to do on the field goal unit is generate a false star. What do they do? Generate a false star. Okay, pushes them five yards back, 64-yarder. Mistakes happen, I get it. 64-yarder. Yeah, it could be a long shot, but you're desperately trying to avoid going 0-3 here. And instead of kicking that 64-yard attempt or even bringing the offense back in just to throw a deep bomb, Wentz could make it to the end zone. He could throw a 50-yard ball in the air for a jump ball. Doug Peterson decides to play for the tie. I don't know what made him made him want to make that decision. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so the Eagles, they I think they're in desperation mode this week. I really do. The Niners are extremely banged up. They're without George Kittle this week. They're without Jimmy G, without Tevin Coleman, without Mostert, without Bosa for the year. I, I think the Eagles kind of figure it out this week. I think I think they cover the plus seven. Um, not too sure if they win. I mean, they could. I hope they do, but we'll see. I, I go plus seven here. Give them the points. If it doesn't hit, this will definitely be the last time that I bet on the Philadelphia Eagles this year because they've been fucking me a lot. So Eagles better not fail me this time. And uh, kind of that wraps up the picks this week. So just to highlight them again, Bengals minus three over the Jags. Cardinals, Panthers, over 51 total points. Seahawks, minus 6.5 over the Dolphins. And then giving the Eagles seven points over the San Francisco 49ers. So 
Um, I actually uh, got locked out of my uh, Twitter account. So haven't been active on Twitter with SBETS9, but we got a new account on the way. Uh, I'll create a name for it and uh, just tweet it out. And I know the guys will retweet it on the uh, main Twitter Twitter account for Basement Olympics. So I'll uh, include the, the Twitter name next week in the pod. But, you know, let's go ahead. Let's keep the ball rolling. I think this could be a big week. I know Al and I both had a pretty rough week last week in betting. Uh, for the NFL. So uh, let, let's get at this one and have a good week, guys. All right. Thank you, Schultz. So I think that just about like wraps everything up for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I, you know, obviously I'm not a better host than Zach. Uh, just kidding. It might be a little bit better. But uh, I really want to thank Nick for coming on, filling for Zach here. He really did a fantastic job here. Uh, if you guys want to go out and rate us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review. I really appreciate that. Listen, uh, listen to us on Spotify, any platform that you guys got. Um, follow us on Twitter at Basement Olympic. Uh, you can also follow me, Dynasty Clayton. You can follow Zach at Dynasty Ty. And you can also follow Nick at Nickman. A couple A's in there. Um, but anyways, and also Schultz's new Twitter is definitely going to come out, so we'll let you know when that's coming. But thank you so much for coming hanging out with us. Appreciate you all. Uh, see you next week. <laughs>